What's going on, everybody? Leo Cannell here with today's episode of the Seven Figures Club podcast. On today's show, boys and girls, we've got an exciting entrepreneur. A lot of us know the stories of the tech entrepreneurs and the success stories of the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Jack Dorseys and the Elon Musks of the world. But uh, when you actually know someone who's gone through that journey, and we've had some amazing people on this podcast like Peter uh, you know, Greg uh, Shepard and, and some other uh, guys and, and gals who have built uh, big eight, nine figure businesses. But Isaac Freckleton is the founder of eFinancial, which is a finance and funding application software. Uh, Isaac has uh, actually been a co-owner of a couple of other businesses, and he's got a long experience of entrepreneurship. He's one of those uh, probably A-plus students who did uh, very intelligent and, uh, and uh, studied entrepreneurship and finance uh, at Brigham Young University. And his current endeavor is building this e-financial tech finance application into what is now easily an eight-figure business in terms of valuation, probably on its way up to nine figures in the near future, and a lot of sleepless nights. So we're going to find out you know a lot of us uh have startups who are listening i know we have aspiring entrepreneurs that you know are working on software and we all know as we watch entrepreneurs and different companies software is where the magic's at and especially if you can build recurring revenue and software tech type companies like that's where you can have a chance of creating a unicorn and so we're going to dig in and learn what we can from isaac freckleton founder of eFinancial. So super excited to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Isaac. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thanks, Leo, for the introduction, man. All right. Well, we're excited to have you on board. So... You know, every founding story has a unique story, and and I know yours uh, is very unique. How did you, you know, get this idea to start this amazing finance application, and how did you have the courage to go out and not only start building it but get the capital right? Because the funding, and you've got a, you're growing fast. You've got a lot of engineers on the payroll. You know, what was that journey like to to launch? and have the confidence to do it, and then the confidence to go out and get the, the millions of dollars in funding? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question, Leo. Um, so I think my my start was very similar to a lot of other uh, entrepreneurs who, the impetus is discomfort, right? Um, and that can mean a lot of different things for different people, right? For me, the discomfort, the discomfort was around by people who weren't, uh, who weren't hungry to work hard and hungry to provide value and to build things. And they, they didn't share the same innovation for, well, what can come next? What more can we accomplish and what more can we do? And, uh, you know, lacked the confidence to take a risk, right? Um, so I became uncomfortable 
with being comfortable, right? I became uncomfortable with a lack of growth. And I said, well, you know, I believe personally that I can do something that is more meaningful to me, but also more valuable to the people that I work with. Um, so I actually put myself out of business. I took a business that was doing very well. We were doing, you know, six, $7 million a year in revenue. Um, I, basically gave away my shares and left the company and that uh, st struck out on my own to go build something else from scratch. I took a business model that was charged thousands of dollars for something and reversed it and flipped it on its head and said, how can we give it away for almost nothing? How can we make it so valuable to the people that we work with uh, that, um, that, you know, one hand washes the other, there's value to the customer and there's still enough value there for us that we can build this. So um, really, the, like I say, the impetus was I became uncomfortable. Uh, and, and that may be discomfort for a lot of people. It's discomfort with not making enough money. Other people, it's discomfort because they don't like working for somebody else. For some people, it's that, uh, you know, they, they need to be the master of their own schedule, whatever it is. Uh, I think the greatest motivator is, hunger for something more. You know, that's an amazing answer. And so to kind of break that down and unpack that, I know a lot of people are listening to this podcast and some have a side hustle and they understand, they kind of come to this point that, listen, if they're really going to do it, they've got to be able to put more time into it. And so at some point they have to be able to right. risk it all and put it on the line. It sounds like that's what you did where you were with a previous business that you had ownership in that was a business that was doing well, but you know, you, you had maybe a uh, different uh, people you were working there with and partners who didn't have the same values or didn't have the same uh, ambition to really make a difference and create something that could really, you know, just grow and change people's lives for the better. And so that was kind of yeah. what drove you to kind of take that risk. And so then as you did get that launched and put together, I know a, there's, there's, I think a misconception that it's super easy to go out and raise, you know, a million dollars in capital to launch a, a tech software business. So as someone who's actually done that and I think it's maybe one, 2% of businesses that get to that point, and especially to do it at the beginning, like you did. What do you think those keys to success were? And for someone listening who wants to be able to follow your journey, what things do they need to do to have a chance to actually raise that capital? Yeah, good question, Leo. Um, gosh, if I were to like break it down to the just utter basics of what does it take? Um, passion. Right, you've got to you've got to find something that you're passionate about. Um, you know, I can't speak for every investor. I, you know, some investors are willing to. Some investors just have a lot of money and they'll throw it at something stupid. Right, they they don't really care. They just, you know, want to put money out there and uh, they, they're really not sophisticated. Other other people really um, are very particular. I chose investors that were very particular about what they invested in, but also had the connections to make it more right because I wasn't just looking for money. Um, mm. So I took something that I was passionate about. I put my money where my mouth was. I was willing to just completely drop everything else and go for something new, go for building something that was, again, like I say, uncomfortable, right? To not have a source of income immediately out, out the gate. And I had to build something from, from scratch. So um, started with passion and drive for me to put everything else on the line and say, this is something that my life can you know, my, my income can wait because 
this needs to happen now. I can give up a nine to five job because this needs to happen now. I started with passion and then, you know, and then it's just a lot of pitches going, you know, mm. company to company, VC to VC, talking to a ton of people and trying to find the right fit. Um, fortunately, uh, I had the right idea and I, you know, I think the passion behind it to get a lot of interest. And I had a lot of different groups that, that were uh, interested in investing in us. And therefore I was able to be picky who was the right uh, group to bring on. And, you know, ironically, um, I found that when I was, when I was, uh, you know, dating before I even met my wife, one of the, one of the things that I found most interesting is the harder I pursued, the more desperate I seemed. So less likely I was to succeed. And that same principle transferred over into raising capital for my business. You know, the harder you push and the more desperate you seem, the more desperate you are. And nobody wants that, right? Everybody wants to be on board with something that they can't afford to miss. And so for me, the alter- the, the second concept, or, you know, we, we, I've talked about passion, right? Hustle to go out and find people. And then the third was what, uh, what you know, a lot of people in the finance industry called BATNA, B-A-T-N-A, best alternative to a negotiated agreement. Having alternatives, so I wasn't desperate to take any one person's offer, almost actually made it easier for me to get money. Right. Mm. So um, don't just, uh, don't just go out and take your first offer and, and, you know, push on that until you, until you get the terms that they're willing to get offers, keep going, keep finding, keep hustling until you find the terms that are really best for you and for the investors. Wow. Those are some amazing tips to, to build a seven, eight, nine figure business and to get that venture capital money. So you treat it very similar to the dating world, the personal relationship world. You're not going out there just, yeah. uh, you know, acting desperately. And I think you had a really, I think it's the same thing. Like if you're on the dating block, you shouldn't just be looking, you know, just playing around. If you're really serious, you probably have written down and you probably, someone as detailed as you probably had our, here's who I'm looking for in a spouse and a companion, a partner, et cetera. And then you probably did the same thing with venture capital. Here's who I'm looking for. It's not just the money. I think that's a massive tip. It's not just the money. It's what else do they bring to the table? Maybe other connections, maybe other experiences or ideas to help you grow your business faster. Because if you go out there, like you said, there are people with money who will just put it up, but that's not that, not what's as important as finding a good fit who actually brings additional value yeah. more than just the money. So amazing, amazing tips. Yeah. So you So you went through that, you did all the pitches, you didn't accept the first offer. And then everyone doesn't realize like everything's open to negotiation. Someone makes an offer. You're not actually stuck in there. And one thing I know from, uh, you know, working with you, Isaac, is you're an amazing negotiator. So what do you think the keys to being a good negotiator are and getting, you know, the offer that you want and maybe also still making the other side feel like they're getting a really good fair deal as well? Yeah. Um, Ironically, I feel like one of the best tips in negotiation is stop talking. Just listen. Mm. Um, a lot of people talk about how like, you know, a lot of people think that the way that you negotiate is just get more, 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 talk more, to, you know, get them completely sold on you. And I find that uh, simple si- simplicity is key. Um, you know, don't try to knock anybody's socks off. Listen to what that motivates them. Listen to what drives them. If you have somebody on the other side of the negotiating table who feels like you care about 
helping them accomplish their goals, about giving them what they want, helping them be a hero, you'll find that they're much more willing to make exceptions and, and work with you because it's something that they're emotionally invested in. Beautiful, beautiful tips there. Yeah. So maybe you're asking more questions. You're doing a lot more listening than talking. And I find like that's the key to negotiation. It's the key to sales is you're asking the right questions and then you're shutting up and listening and the venture capital group, the investor will tell you what they're looking for. And then now that gives you an opportunity to show that you are what they're looking for, or maybe that they're not. And there's another, you know, introduction for them to make. And but there's a lot more listening. So that that's an amazing tip there. I appreciate you sharing that. So now you've got the money. Now, what are the next steps? You know, you've got to get an office space. You've got to make those first couple hires. So what's it like when you go out there and it's just you, you've got the money. Now you got to make the first hires. How do you do that? And how do you make sure you get the right people and start building the right culture from day one? Yeah, other solid question. You know, there's... When I when I was first starting this, um, you know, I'd had experience in entrepreneurship. This was at an entirely different level, right? Totally different than anything that I had ever had ever done before, because this isn't just, um, you know, this wasn't a service company. This this is a lot more complex, and it takes a lot more to build it. I actually thought for the for the longest time, man, where can I find some resource, something that I can read? that will teach me how to do this. And there aren't any good resources out there. Really after hustling a lot of different like strategies and a lot of different methods, what I found worked the best is just, you know, volume. I, I like to set a rule for myself that I will send out a hundred requests to like talk to somebody and interview somebody for probably every 10 people that I'll interview. And I'll interview 10 people for every one person that I hire. Again, it's about give yourself options. Don't be desperate. Don't take the first thing that makes sense. Don't limit yourself and think that you have to take the first offer. You have to take the first applicant. There are a lot of people out there. There are a lot of people who share similar values and similar, you know, goals as you do. And so a lack of desperation, take your time, do it right is actually key, I, I found. Um, so I interviewed a lot of people. I, I talked to a lot of people and I took, took my goals. I very clearly wrote out, what are the goals? What do I need this next person to look like? Um, ironically, I put a whole lot more value in my interview questions on, do you have experience in startups and being nimble and uh, you know being flexible than I did on, do you know exactly how to solve all of my problems? Mm-hmm. Because I felt like the right kind of people were people who were ethical, who would work really hard and were enough to admit when they didn't know the answer and then go find it out instead of just trying to pretend that they knew. Mm. Amazing. So kind so of looking for the those- right attributes versus, yes, it's important you can do the job, but that's not all. You almost need more the the mental commitment and and the belief in the right values versus someone who had all the answers and could you know, check all the boxes that way. Good stuff. Yeah, good exactly. stuff. That's all right. So now, it. now you, you, so Thanks. your, your strategy is let's interview a lot of people. Let's not make quick decisions. Kind of the old adage, you know, slow to hire quick to fire, you know, because we're not all always going to pick the perfect person. Yep. And, uh, and now you're starting to build yep. that culture. And so then, then how do you, how do you find the time to train them and to teach them and 
to get them doing the jobs that you need them to get done to get this startup. Because when you have a startup, there's the next round of funding you have to get ready. There's the launch of the product. There's the new iterations of the product. How do you find the time? What are yeah. some of those keys to great training? That's a, you know, it's a wonderful question. Again, that's probably, uh, that's one of the major reasons why I prioritize in all of my critical hires, comfort and flexibility with unknown, right? Experience in startups. Are you comfortable just moving? Your job tomorrow is, the, is different than it is today. Can you be flexible? You know, do you, do you need consistency? Because if you need, to, if you need to check in and just do the same thing over and over again, and you need things to be super consistent, this isn't the job for you. You're not going to thrive and I don't want you, right? So nobody's going to be happy in that scenario. And it's about bringing in bright people who are willing to learn, work hard, and can be flexible with change. When you have somebody who's, who works hard, who you trust, who can be flexible, you can, you can count on the fact, you know, you can count on them to learn the things that you don't have time to teach. And, you know, I, I despite my very best efforts, I know that me as a CEO and, uh, you know, an entrepreneur of still a, you know, an early startup, even though we've gotten some great traction, I have a lot of jobs. I wear a lot of hats and I will be the first to admit that I don't have the luxury of giving every job the attention that it deserves. So you do the best that you can to give it the, the, the attention that it needs, solve the, you know, the most urgent problems and put out the most when, uh, you know, when, when you can, and then have other bright and talented people behind you that can help accomplish, you know, everything else that you can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so then as, as you're going and you're growing for a new startup, how important are like those strategic partnerships that you make, you know, outside of your internal staff in the office to start getting traction and start, you know, generating revenues and what are you, you find some of those keys to building strategic partnerships and what is it entrepreneurs should know or think about when it comes to strategic partnerships? Cause in my experience, they're so vital, so important. Yeah, it's great. That is a great question. Um, so, you know, I find in, in the same way that I, that I raise money, the same way that I hire people, it's, it's almost a universal principle that I found works across any avenue is if you spend your, your time trying to create value for other people, mm. you will inevitably find value to you. So when I reach out to partners, I don't focus on, hey, here's what I'm building. Here's how you can help me. I focus on this is what I see that I, that I can do for you. What are your goals? Like, you know, I'll start by I'll start by having just a very short, sweet power statement when I approach a partner that I believe result that I believe solves an, a problem for them or you know helps them accomplish a goal. And I'll lead in by saying, "This is what I think I can do. Here's how I can help you solve this problem that you have." And once there's interest there and there's a conversation to be had, I you know people will often say, "Hey, tell me a little bit about you. What are you offering?" And I and I like to actually deflect for a moment and say, before I tell you about us, do you mind telling me what you like, what your goals are? What are your hopes, your aspirations? What are the problems that you have as it relates to blank, right? I give them a little bit of guidance on this is like, this is the general area that we're talking about. Tell me what your goals are. What are the problems you have? You know, if you had a magic wand that could solve one problem in such and such atmosphere, you know, in such, in, you know, such and such 
space of your business, what problem would you solve? And as I begin to understand the problems that people have and the desires and the goals that they have, um, almost always, inevitably, if, you, if you're calling the right people, you can find a way to solve their problems and then you won't have to sell them. They'll come back to you and, and beg for your help. You know, it kind of reminds me of the the metaphor of working with a doctor, right? A poor doctor doesn't ask the right questions, doesn't find out the symptoms, the problems so that they can prescribe the right solution. They kind of jump to conclusions. They don't ask a lot of questions. And it's, you're saying to build strategic partnerships, to get those initial sales for your startup moving. It's again, asking those right questions and digging deep about what matters yep. to them what drives them and how can you solve their problems? And once you figure out how to solve, once they know that you care about solving their problems, now I think it's a lot easier to do business with them. And we've had our company had the opportunity to work with your company and staff. And I can tell you, you've solved a lot of our problems and we're extremely grateful for the opportunity we've had to work with eFinancial and with your staff. So Isaac, how, how can all listeners, uh, you know, connect up with you and interact with you and, and uh, find out more about uh, eFinancial and, and how can they give back all the value that you've just shared with them? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that, Leo. So, you know, first and foremost, you can go check us out online, um, follow Eve Financial on LinkedIn, or you can, uh, you know, follow us on uh, Instagram, check out our website. As, the, as of this moment, um, we've been growing so quickly without the necessity of a great website. You'll, you'll check us out and you'll really only have the ability to add yourself to the mailing list. So go check out eve.co uh, and add yourself wow, to the that's, mailing that's list. Wow, that's so short. That so, so it's just eve.co, E-V-E.co, right? I, yes, I love sir. that. That's nice and short. Remember guys, eve, E-V-E.co. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram or on Clubhouse and, uh, you know, connect that way. Reach out via LinkedIn. If you have any questions you want to connect, uh, drop a line in, in LinkedIn, send me an, an invite or a connection request and, and drop a line and just say, hey, I heard you on the podcast with Leo Cannell. Here are my thoughts. You know, here's what I'm, I'm trying to solve. I, I get really passionate about helping other people solve the problems that I've been through because I wished that somebody could have done that for me. Um, and, uh, of course I'm grateful for the people that have helped me solve my issues. So feel free to reach out, ask any questions. I'm, uh, I'm hungry to help. Really appreciate that guy. So connect up with them, LinkedIn, Instagram, eFinancial, follow them. The website is eve.co and, uh, Isaac, uh, already has, uh, you know, built a multi seven figure business, eight figure businesses and total revenue. And now he's doing it uh, again. We really appreciate uh, the opportunity to have you on the show, Isaac. And uh, look, looking forward, I'm super impressed with everything you've been able to do. I know you, and it's just been remarkable, the journey. I mean, you're only on, is this the, have you been at this, I guess, just over a year? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Almost uh, 14 months. 14 months. Dang. You've gotten a lot done in 14 months, man. Well done. <laughs> Thanks, Leo. Um, likewise, man, it's been a great pleasure working with you. It's it's obvious that you and your team share the same culture of just passion and hungriness for um, for delivering value, and uh, you, you know, looking forward to many more years of that, my friend. Amen. Well said, everyone listening. You know, search out for the right community, the right people. 
you know, don't, don't spend, waste your time working with the wrong entrepreneurs and strategic partners. You don't have to do that. Isaac had the courage to go out there and build a better product, a better organization and a better community. And you can do the same. We'll see you next time on the seven figures club podcast. Are you looking for more seven figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F I G U R E S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession proof. Thank you for listening. And if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five star and invite others to join the club.